0: Okay, let me go on with it. Anyway, so I welcomed them. As I got the last person in, and I I went in now to keep wondering why she wasn't back by now, and began to talk to the group and say, she'll be here any minute, I'm going to need to leave. A tremendous explosion occurred, which I never heard before in the prison. And as soon as that explosion occurred, all the sirens went off in the prison yeah, you know, most people haven't been in a prison, but there's a tremendous sound of ah, 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 so it's like a it means like it's a, it's a code alert, red alert, something serious is happening in the prison, and the alert occurred. And but as it did that, um, the door of the room I was in, a big iron door, began to close, and I knew now if I didn't, if I. If I didn't get out, I was going to be closed in this area with this hundred and fifty men um and but the, but I couldn't get out. I ran it, but I, it was too late. it slammed shut, so that means now I was enclosed with these two hundred men um and and they now began to scream and holler. in other words, now they knew they were cut off from the rest of the prison um, the explosion. With the explosion, which I didn't know what the explosion was, a blue kind of smoke also was... And some of the blue smoke also came into the room um, before the prison door closed, before that big iron door closed. So the room had a kind of a, gray, a bluish gray, almost like um, strange, like... uh can't think of the right word. Um, but in the meantime, the siren was so loud and it was so... And this this group, as soon as that door closed, they knew that there was no guards, there was nothing that was going to hold them back. And they just began to, it was like a lifetime of screaming and frustration, and they just hollered. And um, uh, I realized now I was in there, and I went into a corner, uh, just by myself in the corner. In the meantime, outside this um, room, that's where the real fighting was going on. It was a riot. The prisoners had rioted, and now the guards, there was only two guards on duty. Um, they called for backup, and it was on. The cannon, the cannon had disorientated everybody because the smoke was kind of meant to do that, disoriented the prisoners, but a full battle was going on. Oh, so and the
1: explosion that went off was th- via the guard or whoever, like to break up the yeah, riot.
0: Somebody, yeah, somebody set it off. It's like a flare or some kind of thing, but it made a loud sound. Um but 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 the battle began. Uh, but meantime the room I was in, which is was right in the unit, but it wasn't uh, in the battle part of it. It was closed off by this iron door. But in the meantime I was alone with this group of of violent uh And now all that violence was coming out. They were like as though they knew it was going to be a prison riot. Yeah, they knew. Yeah, they knew it was going to happen. And they now screamed and cursed and guards cursed everything, cursed the world. In other words, all that pent-up violence of 200 men. If it was one man, it would have been enough. But 200 of them, it was uh, unbelievable. In in there was... So I didn't know how I was going to survive that. Did One, anybody approach you? Well, in the meantime, all this is going on. I went into a corner, and um, I was just hoping that they would kind of um, uh, ignore me in the corner. And the smoke was in the room. Um, but finally, out of the smoke came a a black prisoner, I remember. And I was in the corner, and he came over to me, and he he said, um, you know of those little trinkets you guys gave out? She gave out some little, they like things like little pencils and little kinds of stuff. He said, uh, I was given a blue one and I, I want you to give me a red one. Uh, that was his thing. And, you know, I, <laughs> of all it things. differentiates the
1: middle, between, a, a, it differentiates the gang he was in.
0: Yeah, I never thought of that. Um but of all things, in the middle of this war, so he's coming, he, but the thing is, he was coming to, to mess with me. That was, the, I think, the thing. And of whatever this was inside me, until today, I'll never know. I looked up at him, we're both like kind of in the smoke, I, but I could see him and he could see me. And I said, You know, you were given something, and uh, that's yours. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna exchange it with you, because I know what you're doing.
2: Yeah, Jim.
0: <laughs> Don't ask me, man. Whatever was inside me to do that, I would. It wasn't that I was brave. I've been afraid all my life of this kinds of situations. But he turned around and went into the smoke. And but the screaming and hollering went on. Um, I was afraid. I I thought I might die there that night. I thought, God, what a way to die in the middle of hell, the screaming hell and war. What a way to die. But suddenly the door began to open, that big iron door. And I'll never forget this deputy, a blonde-haired deputy. He was a sergeant. And the group stopped. Now they saw somebody was going to be coming in the door. And he came in the front door, and now a lot of smoke came in with him. He stood at the door, and he said, I want everybody to back off and go against the wall. I know there's a civilian in this room. That was me. And uh, he said, uh, that person, he didn't know who I was, he said, I want you to now walk slowly towards me, um, I don't know if he had a weapon or not, but they were afraid. Um, Jim, they but uh, uh, pretty
1: easy to pick you out of yeah. the
0: group. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I, I had to kind of go through them a little bit. And uh-huh. that was a little, In other words, there were a lot of them. And I was, well, excuse me, you know, <laughs> trying to get on. Whether they would now hold me as a hostage, that was the time to really do it because I was surrounded with them. But they didn't do it. They didn't do anything to me. So I worked my way through them, and I had a bag. He said, he said, "Take anything with you. Don't leave anything behind." This guard, and he said, and he kept backing them off, back and back off. He said, "Let him through. Let him through." I know you guys. I'll remember it. i you know, he had a certain lingo. Where he was telling them that he knew. So I got out. Finally, I got out of the crowd, and he said, "Okay, you get out of here." He like hushed me, pushed me out, and he, he closed. He closed. He he started to back out, too, and he said for them not to charge, not to move, that there was enough firepower out there that, you know, they could take them easily. Um, And the door began to close, and it finally shut. I was out of the room. But I was out of the room, but I was now in the war. (laughs) In other words, that room one way, it was cut off from the war, because they were all isolated in that room. But now that the door was closed, now that I was actually in the hassle. But this guard, and I'll never forget him, I feel like he almost like uh, in one way saved me some real harm. He guided me. He said, uh, said, now I "I want you out of here. He um, uh, He said, follow the wall, because I could hardly see it. I would have to feel my way out. Like getting out of this room, I'd have to feel my way out the door. He said, follow it until you get to that, you know, 50 yards down or something. He knew I knew the exit, Um, you know, then you'll be out of here. So I did that. I followed, felt along the wall. I could see something. but As soon as I got to this place, I knew now this would be out of this area. There was still another gate I had to go through. But out of this area, when I turned into this area, what was there was the, um, the backup, what do you call them? The, the squad. The, what are the people that come down when things are really so like the like the SWAT squad? SWAT, like yeah, the, like a SWAT team.
1: The guys with the helmets on, yeah,
0: the, and the black. They look like they're from another planet. They were all look like stormtroopers. They look like stormtroopers, so like storm and they had yeah, armor on them. And as as they began to turn, they they were about to charge. And the captain who was head, he was saying, "Okay, now get." And he looked up and he saw me standing in the smoke, a civilian. He knew I wasn't part of the prison world. And he said, what They didn't are...
1: take you out? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I said, don't even want to hear it. They just pushed me aside and they charged. They all came running out of this wall with their clubs and oh. I mean, guns or whatever they had. And then they all ran. And I was alone down this little hallway and I realized, well, thank God I had I had now escaped that level because I wasn't in the battle. But what? there was one more gate that I had to get through, and it was about 40 yards away. But I still had this smoke problem. I had to get to that gate. That would let me out. I'd be out of the unit if I could get to that gate. So I kind of run and half run and stumbled, and um, uh, and I um, got to the gate. and I don't think it was closings. But some way I could get through that gate. But I was, in a real, I was in a real state of panic and so forth. And I got through and I got into the hallway and the and gate was closed. So the prisoners couldn't get out. Nobody can get in. The SWAT team was there now. The battle was going to go to the end. So I stumbled in that hallway. There's even still smoke, smoke in the hallway too. Big hallway. And I knew I had to get out of the prison, and i uh, i knew I knew the gate to get to the first checkpoint and i I went there and I told the guard at the gate that I was in the unit and there was having a ride and so on, and he checked me out to make sure that I had nothing, and he said, "Okay, I'm going to leave the prison and he he, I got through the gate he let me through, and I was able to now it was this nighttime and I was in the parking lot, and uh, boy, I'll never forget that feeling. I was free i didn't you know i wasn't harmed. I was heading towards that car, and there was the mountains, there was a beautiful moon, and uh, there was a great breeze coming over the mountains, and I felt so lucky to be alive and appreciate what freedom could be and I get in my car and I drove home like in a daze still in shock look that
1: juxtaposition within a hundred yards I mean one you got a smoke bomb or a concussion bomb going off guys rioting and then you know forty yards away you have a crescent moon with a breeze blowing on you about to get in your car all within a couple of minutes
0: right and I got home uh, I had just been, th- I opened the door, I got in, and Lynn would always, she always worried about me being in the prison. I said, Jim, everything okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you tell her?
0: I said, oh, no, no, nope. uh, I'll have to talk to you.
1: Did you go back after that?
0: Yeah, back to the prison. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, that remember that was in my unit that was in the war. And I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I shouldn't have been there. She just asked me to do it. I would' never be in my my unit wouldn't ride. they can't. They're all in solitary confinement and there the, the, um there were fellows that were worried about that that they knew that I was in that unit. Oh, Those are so guys
1: that you were seeing inquired about you yeah, wow I
0: was um uh, and even the guards in the unit, the special unit who warned me along the way about that too but I figured I had no reason to go in that other place I said you know we're going to be alright up here but are you going down there you're, you're going to really take your chance they warned me they said you're going to take chance if you go into other. If you go into an open unit that's going to be a problem I said yeah okay but I don't go in the open remember I'm, I'm here this is my schedule this is what I do and um, never thinking in a million years that little thing on the side about will you just help me with this box up would put me in that position did you ever I run into
1: guys that were like truly sociopaths and psychopaths that oh, scared yeah.
0: you oh yeah i yeah sure and, and i couldn't be alone with them i would talk to the door with them through the uh, food hole right. i opened the food hole and we'd look but some of them like uh, grabbed out at me and they would
1: Oh, they would lunge it. Yeah,
0: some of them, they'd say, come on then, Padre, come on, come on, trust us, we're not as bad as we look. And some of them had two or three of them. Just put your hand here, they would, you know, play games like that. Uh, I couldn't do much, could not much communication with them. And I would never take them out. The guards wouldn't allow me to. uh,
1: So they were already dubbed as such, and you knew. Yeah, I knew. Oh, Yeah. I mean, could you just feel it on them? I mean, yeah, would that get, yeah.
0: They looked crazy, yeah. You stayed, you stayed away, you stayed away from them.
1: And um, what, what kind of? I mean, so you had like a certain group you would see on a rotation, yeah. That you began to trust, or that you, you know, felt the connection.
0: To yeah, them. I could trust them, and I knew one. Even though the guards warned me, and I said, you know, I'm here. Like for example, a guard would say to me, "Look." You could, you know, because I had this armband, I had access to uh, prisoners, so they would get them out and bring them down and say, look, I'm here alone. If something happens, I I'm not helping. I can't help. So
1: you were left on your own. Here yeah. you are, a 70-year-old man, alone.
0: Yeah, I was alone with the prisoners, and uh, but I trust I These are people I've worked with before, and it looked like it was okay, but they they always get as far as the the prison personnel. They weren't crazy about me being there because there was just extra work for them. And I I would ask to see them to get them out of their. In other words, they had to do things. They had to open gates. Right, you and took doors. them out of their routine. Right.
1: So they would have to go allow you to go because you you trumped yeah whatever I had, I had the curriculum. I mean, was. they could. If something was A up, routine. they would
0: have on some alert. They would say you can't get in. And many days that did happen. I wasn't allowed to go,
1: do you have a favorite uh, prison or anything like yeah, that yeah I,
0: I did i i had two that are really um
1: keep, oh
0: yeah sure keep um and I'm spending a lot of time on this prison deal um, yeah, it's uh,
1: not everybody does it
0: <laughs> no
1: I've never even been I've just been to you know holding cells and such. Mm-hmm. you never came and saw me <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I would have come if you were there.
1: I know you would have. Um, but you had two two favorite prisoners.
0: Yeah, I had a fellow that I really liked, and uh, saw him every time I went. He requested every time I go there, and he, um, he showed me pictures of his family and. What did he do? We would talk. Well, he was he was in for murder, mm. um, but he said he didn't do it, and. Uh, you know, there are others that also would say that. So we were told not to take that seriously, and so on. But there was something about him that was much. He he really there was a sincerity, and I touched that dignity in him. And um, and he said, Jim, you know, everybody says this, um, and I know, and you know, it's hard to believe, but I wasn't there in that in that robbery. And they implicated me and so on. And I, you know, I have my case coming up soon. And he said that. And um, I may mean, make a long story short. One day when I went in to visit a group in there, I heard him hollering, Jim, Jim, Jim. I could hear him all in the unit. The guards were trying to shut him up. Now so I wanted Jim, I could hear him. He, he almost sensed when I was there. He said, I want to see you, Jim. I want to see you. So I'm uh, walking towards that area that he was in and uh, approached the guards and said, yeah, you'll see in a minute what he's saying. Uh, I approached him and said, Jim, they just told me that in another in a bank robbery, a di- uh, one of the robbers were was shot was dying. Um, and he said, like in his last death row, that this fellow, his name, we'll call him Frank. Frank, that's uh, you know, serving going to serve a murder term, even a death penalty term, uh, didn't do it. Um, really? Yeah.
1: So the guy had enough. He had, he had enough of a conscience to say it, that
0: it was a touching story. What and said his name and said, "Hey, he didn't do it. He didn't do it." He said, and even though he, was, he was, wasn't even going to be able to testify." He died. He died. I can yeah, testify. Right.
1: But did he get out?
0: So I, know, I didn't know the end of that story. Um, yeah, well, anyway, when I saw him, then I saw him a little bit after that, and another court case was coming up, and he said it really looked good for him because now uh, they, they're, they're kind of realizing that they might have the wrong guy.
1: So the detective or whoever was at hand went in and testified it, I that think, this guy said that.
0: Yeah. I think they were going to subpoena him to testify. And uh, so he thought his chances were really good. Um, it looks like he didn't do it, but that's one of those rare cases where um, where that happened.
1: What, so you don't know what happened to him? I mean, you don't know the bo- bottom line. No, I don't.
0: I don't know what finally happened to him. He was, I think, transferred somewhere else. But he was working towards. Uh, he was transferred to a less confined situation, another prison. Um, White um,
1: guy, black guy, Latin.
0: It was a white guy.
1: Who was the other guy?
0: Um, a Frenchman. What? Frenchie, his name was. Um,
1: no accent, though, right?
0: Yeah, a little bit. He was a cook. He
1: had a Latin accent.
0: French. <laughs> yeah, he had a French accent, and he was in a terrible situation being in prison. He, he it was a he was a drug situation, and he was uh, getting drugs for doctors or something. It was like making some money and, but he wasn't violent or anything, but they really made a case about what he was doing.
1: Was he a three-striker or something like that? No, no,
0: he's never been in prison before. He's a first-timer. But they cracked down. It was a period where they were really cracking down on the drug runners. Um, but he wasn't violent, never involved in any violence or anything. He was a very nice guy. I liked him. And, but he was suffering in prison terrible. The other prisoners were picking on him, They knew knew the gang members knew they had him. You know, he wasn't tough, and they could do what they wanted with him. He was just frightened day and night how to survive it. He was beaten severely. uh, You know, how he survived the beating. And I went to court to testify for him. So he was uh, a
1: real Shawshank. A real what? Do you ever watch Shawshank Redemption?
0: Uh, No. But, uh, yeah, so I I don't know exactly... What, what, what you mean, but... Um, innocent, well, not innocent. Oh, innocent. Yeah, you know, go yeah. to
1: prison kind of thing.
0: But he got a very fiddler, oh, got a tough judge, and uh, he got six years, which was just terrible. Uh, he, he didn't know how he could survive in prison. And then uh, his wife and children, saw them in the outside world, and which I shouldn't have done, but they were really... They were broke and they were.
1: Oh, you and saw the wife and kids on the yeah. outside?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of how I got to that. Oh, I saw her in prison. Let me see, of course, was it visiting time? There was some way that I made contact with her. because uh, 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 he she was totally out of money. They had two or three children. Did she you didn't give have them enough money? even to eat? And I helped out with that a, a little bit, but later on. It was a bad thing to do in the world I was in, you're never to do that. But I couldn't you know, couldn't have them have not eat. So um I did that for a little while.
1: Isn't there that's like you're not allowed to do that kind of stuff, right? You can't yeah. preach that.
0: Yeah. But I once I saw the story and I saw her and pictures the kids and I thought, oh, how the hell are they ever gonna survive? was a really bad. So there are a lot of stories like that. And
1: hey, did your face, you know, you went to that thing where the, um, you were able to read faces, you know, and uh-huh. read what people, did that help you a lot in prison?
0: Yeah, you know, well, that's a natural thing that I have. And yeah, sure, I was able to see it. It helped me to get to that, what we're calling the core uh, dignity of the person. once I was able to see a little through that and they knew that I was interested in their dignity as a human being in spite of what they did How how long were
1: you with the prison?
0: I was there, I would say about a year year and a half maybe but the last part, though I was still there another month after the prison riot it was different then and I realized the possibility of and Lynn was really not wanting me to put myself in that situation. So I finally had to leave. It, it, was, it was an experience. It's a living hell. It's like in, in the middle of life, you get a taste of what hell is and what real suffering is and what people are going through. Uh, it was heartbreaking to be there times when I could hardly bear having to see one after another and see the utter pain they were going through. The cell, the cell in that area was like a closet. It was like ten steps, ten steps sideways. 10 yeah, something like that. It was just terrible. And they were...
1: Like an eight by ten?
0: Something like that. And they were claustrophobic, some of them, and screaming. They couldn't take... The space. Has
1: anybody and, tried to make contact with you since, have any of them got out and made contact with well,
0: you? Well, yes. Oddly enough, one person. Uh, and that was Frenchy. Eventually, Frenchy, and I, have, I made a real recommendation. I said, I've visited this guy all this time in my capacity and my being a psychotherapist, a chaplain, and that he's not dangerous. I wrote a whole thing to yes, uh, you know, to no. help him leave earlier. And he left and he called me. Um, I gave him my card. He's the only one I ever did that with to let me uh let me know how he is.
1: So we know if anything ever happens to you, who did it? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> right. Frenchie. Um
1: but he never came and saw you professionally, right? Yes, he did. That's another thing. Really?
0: Yeah, I offered it to him that, you know, if he wanted to do a little work, now that he's back into the world again. And he said, okay. And he came more just to see me. And we had a little reunion in my office. And then uh, and I didn't see him anymore. Okay, well, um, we're going to end this today. And thank you for listening. And we'll... And this was our number six and I hope to see it for our number seven. Bye. Bye, Frenchie. Huh.